Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I was speaking of, uh, a word about, um, I think it was those that overcome. And in the middle of that word, God gave me a, 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 a in the middle of the preaching, God gave me a word. And I started seeing like old Bibles being flipped like this. And God showed me Bibles, Bibles, bunch of Bibles being flipped open. And he said, tell my people to go back to their old, old Bibles, like your first Bible. You know, when you were in youth group and you were like, I love you for the Holy Ghost for the first time. And you're like, I love Jesus. Right? But then you went through trials and tribulations and you got shunned and hurt. And then you almost put that Bible away. Maybe you got a new Bible, but you left that Bible. But in that Bible, there were little notes that people gave you. Little reminders. And we were young. We didn't see it like the way we'll see it now. But those were love letters from God. They came through people. But they came from heaven to speak to you. You know you were excited when you got that little note that little reminder God said there's old backpacks and there's boxes with letters you got and you thought it was from your old pastor yeah that old pastor hurt you or that old friend hurt you but you still got that letter hidden somewhere God showed me letters and messages in in, in the garage in the attic in old boxes and I was telling people go home and search I've had a few people hit me up, and I'm like, oh, my God, really good testimonies. God said there's old journals that you have when you were young of dreams and visions of God and prophetic words. The very first time you got called out in a church and you were scared, like, and you played the game, like, that one, that one. But it was you, and they gave you a simple word, but it was still a word. You went home and you wrote it somewhere, and you put it away. And God said, go back. Go back. So the title of today's message is Honey and Bones. So I'm going to read a scripture first, formally. Heather, you get catching on me. <laughs> no, I'm learning because usually I just take off. But I really, God gave me this word. So honey and bones. And there's a story of Samson. And there was a time, I'm just going to read it. Because then we're going to go into some bones, into some things that we think we're dead, but there's honey in them. And it's time to look back. I know you went through the season of hurt and it clouded all of that in the past. But I am telling you that God is redeeming the times. God is restoring even old memories. Yeah, you had good friendships and they got broken here. And God wants you to surpass the brokenness and look back to the beginning. Before that person betrayed you. Before that church kicked you out. Before they didn't understand you. They loved you. Right? And God said, look back. Move all the dust. Let all the dust settle. And look clearly now. The rain has come. And it says, in his Judges uh, chapter 14. I'm going to start at verse 5. And people use this story always in, in, in bad connotation. But I'm not using it in a bad connotation. You could perceive through brokenness or you could perceive through wholeness. 
You could perceive through disease and pain, or you could perceive through healing and restoration. So even the story, because I've seen other story preachers preach this, and not this honey and bones, but use this Bible verses. And they're talking about eating from dead places. And No, I don't see it like that. I see it as victory. And it says, Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came, roar, came roaring towards him. And who's like a roaring lion? No, it's not Jesus. Jesus is the lion. But Satan is like a roaring lion. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. Right? He, he roars to try to scare you. You are a lion because you're part of the tribe of the Lion of Judah. And lions only eat lions. He's trying to be like a lion, but he's defeated. So here is um, um, Samson in this path with his mother and father. And this lion uh, comes out roaring towards him. The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, upon Samson. So that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. So the lion comes and you just feed him right there. You know? But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Right? So here he has a battle. He has a victory. Right? He defeats a lion. But maybe his mom and dad are not going to get it. I remember many times God told me to go do something. Like the very first time God told me to go preach at a bar. And I told my dad. He's like, where are you going at this time? And I, I'm, I'm going to a, bar, a lesbian bar. What? My dad's a Pentecostal preacher. Imagine that. Oh, when I left the world, I left the things of the world behind. Like he didn't even understand that I heard God. And he thought I was going to go in there and just party. I'm like, I heard God. You know, so some I've learned. There's things I don't even tell my family, right? Because I feel like they're not going to get it. Like I've gone through battles. I've gone through victories. But sometimes you just feel like you can't even share it. And that's not my message. I'm just speaking a little bit about that. But I'm telling you the season of breakthroughs coming. I'm telling you that there's big, some people are shameful of the victory. Some people only know how to speak the bad, but won't be so afraid to say the good. I'm telling you by experience. I remember when I got, when I became a pastor, literally I went home and I was like, I'm not going to tell my parents. And I didn't tell nobody. I lived my life in so much shame that when victory came, I didn't know what to do. And it was like, it was like coming out. I kid you not. It was like, I can't tell them. What are they going to say if they find out I'm a pastor? The blessing looked like shame. Like you're scared. You're like, I remember when I went to church, I didn't tell nobody in church. And then they were checking in minutes. People were checking in for a conference. And then the lady that was at the register, which was Jess Waldrop, she goes, oh, you get a green bracelet. Green bracelet? <gasps> Your pastor? Because I didn't tell nobody. And I'm like, and I'm like walking like this. With my victory, hiding it. Because I lived in so much shame that I didn't know how to walk it out. I'm still going through stuff. God is bringing blessings into my life even right now. And I'm like, I, I just don't know how to lift that. I don't know how to lift this victory. This morning, I, this morning, look, I was coming to church. I was bawling in my car. 
I was crying and it's not because I was feeling God. It's because I feel things are being broken in my own life. And God is calling me to the blessing and sometimes I don't know how to receive the blessing. And God is calling me to goodness and I'm intimidated by the goodness. Because my whole life was shame. My whole life was brokenness and now all I see is goodness around me. And it's like, should I be part of this goodness? Maybe I'm not good enough. And God told me, be vulnerable. Because I know there's people here feeling the same way. And it's your season. It's your time. You are loved by God and you should just lift up your hand with your bracelet. You should just show, look, I got the Holy Ghost. I am filled with the glory of God. I, yes, I am a pastor. Yes, I am called. Yes, I am chosen. Yes, God's taking my story of shame and he's turning it around into a story of glory. And I am the first one that was just like Samson. I remember I was telling Jesus, I was like, and then I went and I sat in the back. And then my pastor's like, you know, you don't have to sit in the back no more. You could come and sit with the pastors in the front. And I'm like, no, I'll stay here. They must not know that I'm a pastor. I, I, right, Frankie? Frankie, no, I was scared. I was crying. I was like, and then they had the green room and all the pastors are in the green room. That's why. Hence the green bracelet. Um, and I'm, I stood at the front of the green room for like 40 minutes. And I wanted to go in the green room. And I couldn't go in the green room. And they would look at me and they're like, you know you can come in. And I'm like, yeah, I'm working it out. But, but what if they're gossiping in the green room? What if they're talking bad about people in the green room? See, I've been into other green rooms in the past. And I said, never going into the green room. Not there in my past, like 20 years before. But then I'm glad I went into the green room. Because you know what was happening in the green room? While people were outside chit-chatting, the pastors were in the Holy Ghost glory in the green room. I was like, no way, no way. You all in the glory. They're like, we're all in the glory. What do you think we do? I'm like, what? So you see what I see? I'm like, you see in the spirit right now? They're like, we all see in the spirit right now. I'm like, no way. No way, I'm not alone. I could, I could use my gift. I could just release my gift and not be afraid. They're like, exactly, that's why God gave you the gift, to release the gift. And all of a sudden, God started removing the shame. God started removing shame from victory. Get out of here. I wasn't even shameful in the world for my sins and my wickedness, and now I'm ashamed for victory. I'm ashamed because I'm a pastor. I'm like, man, you want to talk about God removing the junk off of you. And it's hard. And sometimes you feel like you got to keep this secret. But you don't have to. Because there's honey in the bones. And the following verse says, Sometime later, when he went back to marry this woman, Philistine, he was going to marry, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass. So he's going time later. When the Bible says time later, it wasn't an hour later. You're talking about years later. Time passes. Because now it was a carcass. It was just bones. So time later, years later, he's walking to go do what he needs to do. And he comes across the carcass of the lion. The very lion he killed years before. Now it's just bones. Right? And he saw a swarm of bees and honey. So the bees came, and in the carcass of the lion, they started building 
their little, what's it called? The beehives, right? And there was honey. So now from a battle that you went through, the angels, the blessings of God are building. Honey, it was hard for you. It was painful for you. But the blessing of God is moving. Bees, bees is Deborah. Deborah means queen bee, right? So kingdom. The kingdom is working in the dead places. The kingdom is working in your dead battles. Kingdom is working even in death to bring life. When God took Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones, it was a valley and it wasn't even dry bones. The Bible says it was very dry bones. It was a very impossible situation. And God told the prophet, prophesy to the dry bones. And the dry bones became a great, large army. That God will take you back into dead places to bring life. Because it's what he does. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. Your name is like honey to my... Breaking down? I feel like the sound just went out. Let me get the other mic. Hello, hello? I feel like it did trick in my ear. Hello. Okay, there we go. Your name is like honey to my lips. The honey... Is the sweetness of God in a very deathful place. In your old battles, God is working. There is provision in your old bones. There's life in those old bones. And not only that, look how the story changes. He had a battle, but he couldn't tell nobody about it. He had a struggle. He couldn't tell nobody about it. But years later, this, and in some time, right here, there was such a journey. Some time went by, and then the story changes. It's like I always say, you were in darkness, but now you are in marvelous light. You were in a valley of dry bones, but now you're surrounded by a great army. God's flipping everything around. And it says, he scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some and they ate too. There's things you didn't tell your family. But God is changing your around. I feel like it's shutting off again. Where's the other mic? <laughs> the, the, the singing one. I'll sing it. I don't care. I will sing Okay, okay. Well, I'll keep like this. There's things you went through. I think it's just the enemy trying to interrupt, but the message is coming out anyways. I will preach it without a mic. Even if it doesn't get recorded. I'm releasing this word. Things you didn't, your family didn't even know you went through. And the devil's been telling you, don't say that around mo your mom. Don't say that around your dad because it's going to be so much shame. Don't let them find out what you really did. No, let them find out. Because they need to find out that their prayers were working. And there's not going to be shame. 
your parents, your family, your friends, they're going to eat that sweetness as well. When they hear what God has done in your life, when they find out that there's honey flowing from your old battles, from those old bones, there is victory. It's going to be sweetness, not just for you, but sweetness for everyone you encounter. Can I get an amen? Does that make anybody happy? And years ago, a prophet of God told me, she was from one of my old churches. She used to always tell, tell me, make sure you journal. Make sure you journal. Because you're going to go through battles. You're going to go through some hard times. She told me this in 2001, the very first time God took me to the glory. Make sure you write this down. Because as time passes, humans tend to forget what they experience. One hard battle will make you forget the blessing. You had good friends, but you got in one fight and you gave up on the friendship. You love your old church, but one rejection and you rejected them. They only didn't reject you, you rejected them. Because you also, they said, get away, you got away. You gave up. Well, I'm never going to talk to them. I'm never going to love them. I'm never going to show them mercy. I'm going to just start over. I did that. Because it's what humans do. It's what we do. So we forget, but when you write down, you discover that God was talking to you all along. Now you find yourself in the blessing, and yeah, you, you find yourself, me, surrounded by amazing prophets, amazing ministers. And I almost forgot that there were moments. Because I also went back and got my, my journal. This is one of my old journals. It's from the dollar store. I, I bought this at the dollar store. Back in the day when it was only a dollar. <laughs> well, I think back then it was 99 cents. <laughs> and um, I wanted to, God said, read them your journal. I'm going to just read. I'm going to read a few pages. So you could see that what you're seeing right now was spoken 20 years ago. And that I didn't make anything wonderful happen myself, but that God was the one that had plans for my life. And he spoke those plans into my life when I was completely broken. When I was just a 20-year-old with a hot messness of stuff. Oh, Jesus Christ, God have mercy. You don't even know who's standing in front of you. You have no idea. <laughs> And I love, a lot of Christians get saved. They're like, I'm never going to talk about the past. I'm going to talk about the past. Because this is how you boast. You don't boast about how great you are. You boast about how messed up you were. And how he met you in that mess. And now all of a sudden people see you all put together, looking cute and stuff. Leading a church, mic in your hand. Let me tell you when they didn't want to give me no mic. Let me tell you when churches were like, shut up already. They did that to me. In front of the church, imagine you're out there hanging out with everybody and I go up there and I look you in the face and scream at you and tell you to shut up. You're making up stories. Okay? You, know, you, want, to want, to, you want to know how many times I went into my car and cried? You know how many times I left church and I wanted to commit suicide? Constant shame, constant abuse, and God will give me dreams. I remember I used to go to my pastor, I was like, I don't know. I had this dream, Pastor. I don't know what it means. What was your dream? I dreamt that you were preaching with the lights off. 
and that everybody in church was wearing blindfolds. What does that mean? What are you trying to say, Abraham? I don't know. I'm asking you. You're a prophet. Tell me what that means. Pastor, I had a dream that the, the church was in darkness and the doors of the church opened up. And I heard the voice of God outside, but not inside. And God said, come out from amongst them. What does that mean, Pastor? What are you trying to say? Pastor, I had a, I, I had a dream that you had a dirty sink in your office. And you were forcing me to drink pig water, but I didn't want to drink pig water. What does that mean, Pastor? You weren't wrong. What God was throwing you. God was teaching you to grow even in the chaos. Even in the pain, he was raising you up and showing you beauty. To minister and love the very people that hurt you. That's how he does it. You're not chosen to minister to the people that love you. You're chosen to minister to the people that hate you. Are you ready to rumble? Or I should say it like this. Are you ready to rumble? My voice. This is what happens when you worship for six hours straight. You lose your voice. And I'm still not going to shut up. I'll do sign language if I have to. Get me a board and I'll draw it. <laughs> October 27, 2002. God spoke to me. And I won't mention the churches. These are all little, all little tiny Spanish churches. You don't even know where they're at anyways. I don't even know if they're on any longer. I don't know. But God spoke to me at the church, uh, Shalom Adonai. The pastor called me out. God told me I have a powerful ministry. I didn't have a powerful ministry. But see, when God speaks to you, God never says you're going to have. Because God is always speaking to you from the eternal place. It doesn't make sense when you first start hearing God. You're like, Wait, what do you mean? I'm not a pastor. I don't have a church. He's like, you're a pastor. What do you mean I'm a pastor? Oh, you're leading thousands to the kingdom. What? I've never led a soul into the kingdom. At that point, I was a young man. But God's like, you have a powerful ministry. Where? <laughs> now I understand back then trust me I was confused I thought God was bipolar I'm like God I have to struggle this he's like you're my pastor I'm taking you to the nations you're going to go here there there I'm like what are you talking about I'm telling you about my sin and you're telling me I'm a prophet what like what is this why you never talk to me about my sin I'm talking to you about my sin he's like and I'm talking to you about my glory and, but I'll follow him I'm like but I don't understand tell me God I'm messed up. He's like, no, you're not. You're beautiful. You're amazing. And I'm going to do this with you. Now I understand that I, I wasn't at his level. And he was calling me up to his level. He's like, look, I'm trying to bring you to the heavenly place so you know who you are in the eternal realm. And then now go back to earth and tell them. I'm not. And he, the day came, he grabbed me by the back of my neck and he literally did this. For me, I traveled through the universe, but for God it was this. Hi. And he, for me, it was Dr. Strange moment. I kid you not. If you haven't seen the movie, just go to that clip. That happened to me. Well, there was some scary parts there. For me, it wasn't scary. It was total love. I fell into a bowl of jello love. Paralyzed in love. And then I came back. I'm like, I'm loved. My church was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I just went to heaven. They're like, dude, he's falling on the ground for 10 minutes. No, I was in heaven and love surrounded me. He took me in his arms. And I was talking a crazy story out of nowhere. Here we are praying. I fell out. 
And then I popped into glory. <laughs> Abraham, you're always just falling out. Abraham, you're so emotional, Abraham. No, I'm not. I am love. You don't know it, but you're about to find out too. Because the work he's doing me, he's going to do in you. Oh, God is glorious. So anyways, God told me I have a powerful ministry. Not like any other ministry. Do you see it? 2002. Like I, look, I will walk around this room so you can see the date on there. <laughs> look, look, look. I just love showing. It's important. This is a lesson for all of you guys. I'll walk around. I'm not rushing. <laughs> see? It's just amazing. This is why God is telling you to journal. Because this is going to be the proof to people one day. When you're like flowing in glory. The thing is, people hear your story, they think you make up stories. Because they look at you well put together and they're like, I don't think he did that. There's no way he did that. Oh, I did it all. Think the worst sin you want to think. Been there, done that. Literally, for real. All of it. All of it. So it's a miracle. And that's why I preach. That's why I teach him. All I do is teach his goodness. He said, different and full of God's power. To listen to his voice in my heart. And not to listen to the voice of others. But before all this begins, God is going to refine you. He's going to do changes that need to be done. I'm still in the changes, by the way. This morning, only one person noticed. Sometimes people are not going to notice what you're going through. Sometimes people are not going to notice you're hurting. Last night, Satan was talking to my ear, telling me you should go home and cure yourself. What God's telling you is not going to come to pass. I was surrounded by people celebrating, and death was at my ear. And I was being consumed. And I was driving home being attacked at such a level. But I was like, God, you chose me. God, you spoke to me. I'm not going to give up. I said I want your goodness, and I want it, and I mean it. And I'm going to learn to let go of the pain. I'm going to learn to let go of the sorrow. And I'm going to simply receive what you have for me. I don't want you to think, oh, my pastor has it all together. No, Jesus has it all together. As a matter of fact, Jesus has me all together. Because sometimes I'm, I'm like pieces falling apart. And then he puts his hand upon me and I go, okay, let's keep going. Now I can move. Because sometimes I'm like, and he, the spirit comes upon me and just, okay, you got this, bro. He's like, you got it. I got you. If he grabbed me the first time, you don't think he's still holding on? And let me tell you, I'm a little puppet in his hands. I'm a marionette. Wait until you see it in the spirit. You're going to laugh. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be like, no way. That's what he was doing the whole time. I was trying to tell you. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I know, guys. I know. He said he need. okay, he's going to do changes that need to be done, not in my outside, but in my heart. And this is why people don't know that you're going through stuff. Because the changes you're going through are not on the outside. They're in the heart. So you might look. Some people told me, but you were smiling. You look happy. I was like, you don't even know the battle I was going through. The fact that I got a, in, in a kayak in the middle of the night, in a, in a, you don't know. You don't know. We went kayaking last night in the darkness. 
I mean, luckily the boats had little lights on them. But you know what? I'm free of fear, though. I got set free. I literally will do it again. But as we were being pushed and all those boats were around me, I wanted to scream. I was like, I'm going to get off this boat and I'm leaving. I was like, I'm like. I don't know if anybody noticed how quiet I was. <laughs> now they all play memories. Like, oh, my God, he really was quiet. <laughs> I was trying to fake it till I make it, but I almost drowned. <laughs> I was drowning in my fears. <laughs> Though they're not my fears no more. And he said, they need to be done, not in my outside, but in my heart. And not to get scared when he went and began to do the work. Don't tell him no. He is going to take those parts in my heart and bring them out to the light. It's happening right before you. And God called us, this, at this point, God called us to the front of the church. He said that he's depositing more of his special anointing over us. That great things were going to be done through all of us. He has begun a sanctification process through all of us to be different. The truth of all truth was going to overtake us. I've been overtaken. God told me that years ago. And I didn't even know it. I had it written. So two weeks ago, I told you guys, God says, go to your Bibles, go to your journals, read them. And I went back to mine. I'm like, it was there the whole time? I wrote it 20 years ago? No way. It's so joyful, right? God will bring great revival. And changes through us. This is us. He was talking about you guys. And I didn't even know you 20 years ago. But now you get to hear it. He said, oh, people that you do not know will come. You came today because you needed this word today. He's moving us. You ever played chess? You know how you move the pieces? You're the piece. And he's moving it. <laughs> and he said, be at peace with the moving of the pieces. Hallelujah. <laughs> he told us not to listen to other voices or comments just God's voice because they will hold us back from God many will envy us he is going to start knocking us out of bed to pray and seek his face and not in a bad way he just got knocked out was it in fear? no it was in love you're going to get knocked out of bed in love. You're going to get knocked out in glory. God's not forcing you. You think God's forcing you to pray to him? Do you ever want to hang out with somebody that doesn't want to hang out with you? If you tell me you're hanging out with people that don't want to hang out with you, we're going to have a serious conversation. Because then you need to learn your identity. And God knows he's God. And God knows he's good. And God knows he's awesome. He says, there's no God like me. He knows who he is. And he won't compromise. He's going to have Judging me, love me. No. He's like, I'll love you if you let me love you. If not, you're lost. I'm learning to minister to people. And I've learned, look, we're, this is the help we're providing. Oh, we don't want that help. Okay, see you later. Hey, I want this. No, no. You get the help that I provided. If you don't want the help that I provided, you cannot demand another type of help. If you came to me for advice and I gave you advice and you didn't take the advice, come back to me and I'm going to give you the exact same advice I gave you before. You're not going to get a different advice. You're going to get the exact advice. And until you break free from it, I'm going to give you the same advice. 
until you learn like, you know what? He's just telling me who I am. And I need to walk in my identity. And it's going to be glorious. And then the abusers will leave. The rejectors, the people that abandon you, the people that criticize you, they're all going to leave. Or they're going to be transformed by your light. Don't let their darkness get on you. Let Allow your light to get on them. Amen? And then, um, so, God told me, let me see, and put in my heart, you guys are playing with fire and you're about to get burnt. And again, if you read this in a very doomsday type of way, you're playing with fire, you're going to get burnt. That's not what God is saying. He's like, you're playing with fire and you're going to get burnt. I remember in 2002, I went to a Benny Hinn conference. It was my first time. My church was like, what are you doing? You better not go there. I'm like, I hear God and God's telling me to go there. And I went. They were mad at me. No, we have a youth event. I don't, I don't care you got a youth event. God's calling me to go. I'm going to go. And I had a glory encounter. And that night, I had a dream that a prophet looked at me. And he says, God's looking for you. And you're going to fight. And God's going to hit you and hit you and hit you and hit you. And in the dream, it seems scary. And I'm like, where's God? And I pulled down my tie. I rolled up my sleeves. And I said, I looked at my mom in the dream. I said, I, I got to say goodbye to you, mom. Because Jesus is looking for me and we're going to fight. He's going to win, but we're going to fight. And I got on an altar and I'm like, Jesus, where are you? And then I looked up. He was in the whole universe. He's like, I'm coming to get you. I was like, ah! I woke up so scared, but he was laughing. And he was in the whole universe. And I was just like, he's like, you've been seeking me, and you're about to find me. And I was like, ah. I got caught, guys. He got me. He hit me with goodness. He hit me with love. He hit me with kindness. He hit me with gentleness. He hit me with faith. He hit me with joy, like a lot of it. He was like, boop. Joy, 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 and more joy. And this is the result. <laughs> I'm telling you, God is faithful. <laughs> October 20 of 2002, God called me out in the middle of a preaching at the Holiday Church. And God said that he has a mighty ministry for me. And that I, a year from now, I was going to be ministering. That everything... I've been through is just flakes and crumbs compared to what I was going to go through. I have a long time of struggles. See, this time God was warning me. He was about to re remember when he said he was going to refine me. And then this other prophet comes. He's like, you're going to go through it. He's going to refine you. And I didn't know what that meant. Jesus Christ, I did not know what that meant. I repented. <laughs> I used to be like, forget it. Forget that I said, here I am, I'll go. I'll take it back. And a prophet came up to me one day. He says, you told the Lord, here I am. And now you're telling the Lord, no, I take it back. The Lord says, no. You're mine. You say you will go and go, you will go. And I was like, I, he's like, you gave me your word. And, and, and this is the crazy part. I told God that day. I said, Lord, I bind myself to you. I shackle. I did that. I was like, I shackle myself to you because I know I'm going to go through stuff and I'm going to want to run away, but drag me. And literally, I'm still just dangling from his hand. I'm like his little charm on his bracelet. I'm just hanging there. just like, yep, I give up. <laughs> I can't go nowhere. I'm stuck to God. And I ran for a while. 
he had me on one of those retractable leashes. And I left church literally eight years later. I'm back in the world. I said, I'm done with church. I'm done with the hypocrisy. And I'm in the club dancing, living my life, doing everything. And then the Lord starts sending prophets. And I, and I told them, well, God ever want me to go back to church? God himself is going to have to come back for me. Lord, behold, I did not know what I said. January 7, 2011, Jesus shows up in my apartment. I'm like, ah! He's like, come. No! Come. I want to touch you. I thought he was going to come with wrath. He's like, I just want to touch you. No, no, I'm a sinner. I messed up. I lost my faith. No. He's like, God. No, not like this. No, exactly. That's exactly how I want you. He was so nice. I was shocked. I didn't know God was that good. I'm still shocked. <laughs> I thought he was going to strike me with a lightning bolt, dead, burn, fire or something. No. He was like, hmm. Oh, I give up. And then he swooped me into the glory again after 10 years. It took 10 years from the first encounter when he grabbed me by the back of my shirt or my neck, pulled me on. And this time he hugs me and flies me up into glory. And ever since then, I was like, look, I'll be in a church or not a church. Or wherever I go, I could be in sin, not sin, glory, no glory. I could be broken and restored, whatever it is. I'm yours. I'm yours. Like, I'm gonna, I don't need to be in a pulpit. I don't need to be a pastor to preach the word. I don't need to preach. I don't care. I don't care if I find myself in the slum of the earth. I'm still going to be like, God is good. God is good. God is good. I've met homeless people that are like, God is good, God is good, God is good. I met broken people, that they look broken to you. But let me tell you, they depend on God so much every day, day in and day out. We went to feed the homeless people. There were people that said, I was praying to God to send me some food. Hallelujah, I got food. That's their faith. Their faith is not to be perfect. Their faith is for a plate of food. And they got it. It's who God is. And he said, I have a long time of struggles, but God is with me. You're going to get judged and criticized by many. And if I'm not being fed, he will open doors and take me out of where I'm at. Which means the churches that I was in, he was taking me out because I wasn't being fed. There's more to that journal, but I want to skip to years later. Not two years later, but many years later. In 2006... God told me, pack your bags, you're going to California. And I went. I packed my bags and I went to California. My family thought I was crazy. <laughs> what are you going to California for? I was like, God said, go to California. I'm going to go to California. I got shame from the altar. People telling me, all oh, those people that are going to California, there's nothing in California. There's no revival in California. But God said, go. And when I went, I encountered a few prophets. And this is what I wanted to read. And this, I was really broken. At that point, I had been through the refining fire. I had been crushed. I had been persecuted. I had been criticized, shamed from the altar, people at church calling me names. And I went to California with such a broken heart. And then these prophets came. And he, they, the first one said, God's revealing himself to you as a father. And it was a woman. She says, I, saw, I see a book. And one of the pages, I see a page with a list of bad names spoken to you and about you. Really bad words. Words that hurt you. 
but God's tearing that page out. No longer will you be hurt by these words, for he has torn them from your book. He's been dealing with a specific area in your heart. Every time he speaks a word, it's targeted to that hurting area. But as it hurts, it heals. 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 For you have been chosen to minister to the abused. <laughs> I'm a minister. So who am I ministering to? <laughs> I'm a minister. Who am I ministering to? To the abused. <laughs> We're living in the word. <laughs> I hope you know that. Like we're in the story right now. But it won't be only the abuse. But you will also minister to the abusers. He's preparing you in a ministry of forgiveness. You see that? Especially those that have been here with me for a while. It's like it was written. That's why it's so important to write what God is telling you. It doesn't make too much sense now. But wait until you're on the other side of the book. You're going to look back and be like... Everything he told me has come to pass. And this is why I believe in God. This is why I preach. This is why I testify. Because when he speaks a word, every word that comes out of his mouth, in its time, we're in the time. And in its season, we're in the season, it shall flourish. Right here. Right here. I'm You... You are the answer. Every single one of you that I'm looking at right now. You're the answer to the very prophetic word that God spoke to me. And then another prophet came and said, Abraham, I am making you a father to the nations. People thought, I thought, oh, I'm going to go to nations far away. Look in this room. Look in this room right now. You know in the Bible when the word says nations, you know what it means? It means groups of peoples. Look in this room right now. We have nations. We have people from all sorts of nations in this room right now. Right? He gave his word. Not the way that I thought. Oh, I was like, ooh, I'll go to Africa. Ooh, I'll go to Europe. But that's not what he said. He says, I'm making you a father to the nation. Do you know that you're a nation? You're a nation. 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 You're a nation, you're a nation, you're a nation, you're a nation, woo, you're a nation. <laughs> you are young, thank you. <laughs> I'm still young. 20 years ago, he says, I'm young, I'm young, I received that word. You are young, but I'm giving you a spirit of an old man. <laughs> the wisdom and knowledge of an old man. You will be the father to many young men to help them and guide them. Don't go looking for them. I will bring them to you to guide them in finances. Finances. I'm not looking at nobody. <laughs> Social relationships and intimate relationships. So you see what God does when you journal? There's more. There's more. <laughs> I'm not going to go through it all. And then I'm going to skip another 
This was 2013. June 24, 2013. So literally like nine years ago. And this was in a dream. And God was revealing his calling on my life directly through a dream. And God said, I wrote, God wants me to write, write, write. But I've been caught up in doing and in going to church and activities instead of stopping and doing what his voice has indicated, which is to write, 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 which is to draw, draw, draw. These are the tools he has given me. The gifts that will lead me in the direction I was called to go in. I was not called to speak about politics. And I don't speak about politics. I was not called to speak about sexuality. I was called to speak about Christ. I was called to speak about his glory. I wasn't speaking yet. But he already showed me what I was going to be doing. Which is everything we do here. I mean, I ramble on, but what can I do? His glory is eternal. You go to glory, you're going to keep talking, I promise you. As Paul. He said, I can't stop speaking about the things I've seen. I can't stop speaking about the things I heard. I can't. I try to stop, but I can't stop because it's overflowing. Because my heart, my mouth is speaking from the abundance of my heart. It's just an overflow. I was called to speak about Christ. I was called to speak about his glory. It does not matter what others are doing. It does not matter what others are saying. Look up, look up, look up. It doesn't matter what others have. It doesn't matter what I don't have. I've been called to have my feet on earth, or I have been called to walk, my feet walk on earth, but my head stuck in heaven. <laughs> I, this was a dream that I had. <laughs> It's exactly what we do here. It's time to refocus, and my direction is up, straight up. Stay connected to the glory, and everything happening in the earthly realms will not be discouraging. It will not be distracting. It will not be frustrating. It does not matter what the church is doing. It does not matter what others are doing. It does not matter what the world is doing. The only thing that matters is what God has specifically commanded. This is where true obedience lies at. In listening directly to his voice. Oh, well, you know what? I read it backwards. I read the back first. Let me go back to the beginning. God spoke to me in a dream. Showing me why I'm frustrated spiritually. And it's because I'm listening to the voice of others. And I'm watching the actions of others. And I'm being influenced to do and to want what others are doing and what others want or have. He has called me to walk and talk about his glory. About his presence and about heaven. The spiritual things that he has shown me. It's okay what others are doing. It's just not what I've been called to do. Anytime I do otherwise... I will end up frustrated spiritually because even though it seems spiritual, that's not what I was called to do. So even if it seems spiritual, but God didn't call me to do it, then that is disobedience. And disobedience is always frustrating because it doesn't follow God's voice and God's leading. It's all about focusing on his voice. I'm doing exactly what he wants and needs me to do. 
I need to draw about his glory. And I need to write about his glory. In the dream, God showed me paintings that I painted. They finally were heavenly vivid. They finally looked like the real thing. I used to draw with stick figures. And I used to draw heaven with stick figures. And I would still stand in churches and show the stick figures. And I used to cry to God. Because I thought they were ugly. And God said, I'm going to teach you to draw. And I'm going to teach you to paint. So do it that way. And I did. And then he gave me this dream. Where my paintings were finally vivid. They finally looked like the real thing full of anointing and power and then it went into the back God wants me to write, write, write which I read it but I'm not going to read it again but anyways honey and bones I went through hell every time I wrote in these journals I went through hell every time I wrote through these journals people knocked me down people laughed at me People told me the opposite to what God told me. Many times I gave up. Many times I ran away. But God never gave up. God never ran away. And now I know I have honey in bones. I can surpass everything everybody says and go before to when God spoke. And God wants every single one of you to go back. If you look hard enough, you'll see that there's honey in your old memories. There's honey in your garage. There's honey under your bed. There's honey in your old journals, in your old Bibles. I see honey dripping. So go looking. Seek and you shall find. Ask. And you shall receive. Knock. And the door shall be open. And you will eat with me. And I will eat with you. Honey. <laughs> it's honey that you'll eat. But he's also calling you honey. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.